When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Writing and rewriting history, first ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay, the boot is away, and it's gone! Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure, and Texas Tech stinks. All right, podcast over. <laughs> uh, just kidding, kind of. But uh, Texas Tech did suffer a loss in the first game of the Big 12 conference season. We're 1-3 and three on the year. Uh, the vibes are not great. The vibes are not great. And to talk about all the poorest vibes in Lubbock, Texas, we have the people's champ himself, Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? We stink, and engagement has never been better. I don't know what that says about our podcast, but we uh, everybody comes to us when things get bad. So thank you, thank you for thank you for being here. Welcome to the Tortillas and Takes Lobby. We will be your um, hosts for the evening. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, you know, people misery loves company, and mm. so sometimes we can be a, we can we can be fairly miserable. We are uh, we're miserable personally. We're miserable as fans, right? Because I've decided to not only get my degree from Texas Tech, uh, I'm a Houston Texans fan. I'm a Houston Rockets fan. Uh, the Houston Astros are in a free fall right now. And so, like, misery is just, that's just what I'm I'm a part of. I'm a Manchester United fan. Um, so it's just nothing's, nothing's good. Nothing's going g- great going on for me on my side. And Texas Tech is just adding to it. So let's talk about the game in Morgantown. A game that not only do the three of us on this podcast predict the Texas Tech victory, uh, our our friends from the Raspy Voice Kids podcast out in our, the West Virginia fan podcast for the, in the 2012 network, they both also predicted, both Brandon and Jeremy, a Texas Tech victory. Because um, everybody kind of looked at Texas Tech were the favorites, road favorites in this game to win, because despite the poorer start, despite West Virginia, who did beat Pitt and did play Penn State fairly well, you look at the two teams and you say, yeah, but Texas Tech on paper just looks like the better team. You see it coming off the bus, right? You see, they just look like the better team. They look like they have the better quarterback. Mind you, West Virginia is playing a backup quarterback in his first career start, Nico Markiel. Uh, you look like you have the better defense. You have the better, and only half of that is true. Uh, but starting off in this game, what, let me just give me a general overall impression of the fact that Texas Tech looked like the better team on paper, but did not perform that way. Oh, man. The disappointment just continues to roll in this season. I mean, we were talking about how, you know, let's get non-conference off our back. Let's get into conference play and do what we said that we were wanting to do from the get-go, and that's win the Big 12. And, uh, you know, simple statement, hey, can't win the Big 12 if you don't win on the road. Thinking that this would be a semi-easy road win. Well fought, but a semi-easy road win. And then... You literally never get it going. Our our ability to score well in the first quarter disappe- disappeared. Disappeared. So, and that was the, I mean, it was three quarters of why am I watching this right now? Like, can there be anything else on? It's 
like uh, Ohio State and Notre Dame were like seven and ten at the half or whatever. That was much more exciting. That was a really yep. exciting game. <laughs> we were the opposite. <laughs> yep. No, it, it was just absolutely. So this is how the offense. Just want to point this out to start the game. You know, usually we go through this whole game, first quarter, second quarter, all that. I'm gonna just give you the drive. So drive number one for Texas Tech. Uh, I, I, I drive number one for Texas Tech. Three and out. Okay, well, the defense, nice nice interception. Uh, so it's we're right back in it. We're like, all right, take one. Let's go. Uh, Texas Tech, they get one first down, and they have to kick a field goal right after that. They get three points on the board. Okay, all right. But we got a first down, Jeremy. We got a first down. We got points on the board. Good for you. That's drive two. Drive three, three and out. Uh, okay, that's after a West Virginia touchdown. Okay, no big deal. Drive four, three and out. Ah, Okay, and drive, mind you, drive four, Tyler Shuck gets hurt, really bad injury. And and I do, shout out to the Tech fan base, I did not see any a-holes that decided to tweet anything bad about Shuck. For the most part, the fan base was like, man, not like this. Like, not this is a pretty bad injury. Um, you know, we don't know too much right now about it. I think it's, it seems pretty serious. I, I, I would say that, at the very least, you can stand Baron Morton as the starter going forward. Uh, until we know more about it, but a, a really bad injury to Tyler Shuck. So um, hopefully, hopefully he's better. But Baron Mor- drive number four, Baron Morton, three and out. Drive number five, three and out. Drive number six, turnover on downs, uh, and then drive number seven is the end of the half. Jeremy, that's it. We we got two first downs the entire half. The entire entire first half. And actually, the second first down was because that last play to end the half, uh, Nehemiah Martinez ran for 11 yards and fumbled and just got the ball back. And that was the end of the half. That was, that was such a great way to end the half. That was, if, like, like, yeah. That was, that was That's like, how we drew fits. it up. That's how we it drew it up. This fits. This is so fitting. <laughs> this is so fitting. The best play of the day was a long run and fumble. Well, we were floating around 22 yards of total offense for the longest time. Oh, yeah. my God. What is that? Like, I talked about how West Virginia is a really good defense on the preview podcast, and nothing away from them. They're a very cohesive defense, but not a hold you to 22 yards kind of defense. Like, that's championship caliber level if you have a competent offense. So the question then falls back on Texas Tech. What are you doing wrong? Like, what are you not doing? You tell me. You tell me. I, I My prediction was the Tech defense would hold West Virginia to 10 points in the first half. They held them to 13. Uh, held them to 13. Mind you, Tech defense was playing lights out. They had two interceptions in the first half. Malik Dunlap again, of course, and Ben Roberts. Ben Roberts. We're talking about those, those freshman linebackers in the preview pod. Um, that also got an interception there. Playing lights out. 13 points. And a good argument is that a lot of some of those points probably don't outside of that long touchdown drive, the other two, you know, two field goals were set up primarily because of how bad the offense was. Uh, just, just abysmal, abysmal. And then also, here's the thing. doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Didn't matter if it was Tyler Shuck. Didn't matter if it was Baron Martin. Both looked awful. Absolutely awful. Um, about as bad of an offensive first half, I think, of, as I've ever seen for Texas Tech. I don't think it could have been worse, to be honest. I don't think that first half could have been. Mind you, I missed the first half. I was volunteering. I missed it live. On the rewatch, I watched it. And I said, no, this is as bad as everybody said it was. Nobody's being hyperbolic. Nobody's being outrageous and saying this. No, no, no. This is about. This is as bad as everybody said it was. 
this was an absolutely atrocious first half offensively. I mean, what what I don't understand. We just, and I saw your tweet that you're never going to have preseason expectations again <laughs> as long as you live. Ever. And that makes sense. No, I never will. <laughs> you, we all, this is such a weird scenario where you have such an electric season last year. And then in the offseason, of course, the offseason is the time for us to kind of bolster our, you know, oh, these positions look good and this and that. I think we all dove a little bit too deep into the narrative. Um, I don't think that we are harder working than West Virginia. I don't think that we are faster than West Virginia. I don't think that we are. And this is me just after the game, like, you know, watching this, like, where's the production if we've got all of these elements to a team? You know, where's the dark horse Texas Tech team? Again, it's just like, what what is going wrong where Texas Tech is now, you know, one and three when we were all like, hey, probably going to be three and one this at this time, you know, you that Oregon yeah, game. We, yeah. At, at, at four games in, three and one was the bare minimum. Yeah. And you're playing like Wyoming's not a scrub team, but you should win against a team like that. Oregon, you kept it close. So that's really good kudos on you. But you definitely could have closed out and won that game. So, but there's your one loss. Uh, Tarleton State, there you go. Get your freebie. And then West Virginia picked 14th in the preseason Big 12, and you go out there and you lay an egg. You lay well, such a monstrous. Well, like, so um, go ahead. Well, let's talk about the second half a little bit because I, I feel like, you know what's funny about this game? Had the second half been just as bad as the first half, we can say, you know, this is just, we can talk about how atrocious it is and yada, yada, yada. Um, this game showed every phase of a, te- of a team being bad as you could possibly show. Because in the second half, as a, as a, as a full team loss, because in the second half, and when I say in the second half, I mean in the fourth quarter, really, the team did show life, right? So we talk about the second half. They uh, they got a first down with their first, with their first drive, Jeremy. Huzzah. All right, a nice 20-yard pass to Xavier White. But, of course, we punted still. Austin McNamara had a field day. We punted again. Uh, then we get the ball back. Guess what, Jeremy? A turnover on downs. Fourth and one. <laughs> Second turnover on downs. Nothing's going right. Uh, and then, guess what, Jeremy? We do get a first down, but once again, we punt it immediately afterwards. But good news is we get into the fourth quarter. And in the fourth quarter, down 13-3, to three, something happens, Mr. Gillen. Todd Brook runs for four yards. Todd Brook runs for four yards. Barry Morton runs for a yard. Barry Morton runs for a yard. Todd Brook runs for nine yards. Todd Brook runs for three yards. The first down. Todd Brook runs for one yard. We have a couple of incompletes, of course. Uh, nice the pass to Duran Bradley. Todd Brooks runs for twenty-seven yards, and then we get a touchdown. What about that series that I just talked about sticks out to you? You utilized your running back. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we have a, well, we have a running game. Jeremy, it's amazing. It's You go from two carries in the first, whatever, the first half pretty much, and then it's like, hey, let's let's give him the ball a little bit more, and you get things going, and he opens up the rest of the game, and everybody's feeling a little bit more. Uh, I mean, and so for me, we talked well, about it. We had a really before, good tweet before about you, it. Before you go, because I, I think you're about to have a really good point, but I want to point out this other drive, okay. too, that's really going to drive your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the next two okay, drives, we're going to drive your point home. Excellent. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, I know where you're going. West Virginia scores a touchdown. We're 20 to 10. Probably the worst defensive drive of the of the game, to be honest. We had momentum, and it was really killed. Nico Markill actually started getting some confidence there. But, again, once again, Todd Brook runs for eight yards. Um, 
on a second and 10, Cameron Valdez runs for a gain of five yards. Uh, we have another Todgebrook run for eight yards. And, a, and <laughs> so here's the thing. On a fourth and two, we get a Todgebrook run for eight yards. One of the West Virginia for 32. Barren morning complete. Barren morning complete. We do have a completion for 16 yards, but then barren morning complete. Barren morning complete. Barren morning complete. Field goal. I want to point that out there. Um, and then and once we get the ball, down seven, game to go, three minutes and 45 seconds, Jeremy. Todgebrook run. Todgebrook run. Todgebrook run. Todgebrook run. Todgebrook run. Uh, we get a nice pass. Todgebrook run. Todgebrook run. A nice incomplete. Fourth and two. Todgebrook run. We're on the 11 with 43 seconds to go, Jeremy. All those Todgebrook runs. What do we do? Baron Morton incomplete. Baron Morton incomplete. Baron Morton incomplete. Baron Morton incomplete. Now go ahead and say the point that you are about to make. Why do you go away from the thing that's working? You want to... <laughs> uh, Zach Kitley, what are you doing? Why do we pay you money if you're going to look at what's working and say, I'm going to actually... Uh, let me try something else. I've got 11 yards here. Let me hit the goal line fade. When your dude, the man of the game, is averaging six yards, six over six yards. Like, <laughs> that's two runs. That's He'd probably just make it one. That dude's hungry. Oh, I don't understand. And you know what was, it was such disbelief for me. I thought, okay, he might try to just jade it up here and do a fade and then go back to the run game. Because we just used a run to get a first down on the fourth, which scared the living daylights out of me. But Taj Brooks is that dude. Taj Brooks made it happen. Even though he was getting chased down in the flat. I mean, he took the widest angle possible, which you usually don't make that corner if you're running at that angle. Um, but he does because he's that dude. No, he says I'm fat. He's, no, he looked at he looked at the the safety and he's like, I'm faster than you. <laughs> I can outrun you. I can't outrun everybody, but you, food. But you, I see yeah. them. I see the calves. <laughs> um, so how do you reward Taj Brooks, a guy who like saved your drives multiple times? You put him on blocking duty <laughs> for four downs. You put him on blocking duty. I. I don't you know what's funny, I don't, Jeremy? I don't, nobody understands. You know what's funny? So a lot of times when we're recording, um, and of course I watch these game, this game, but just I, I always look at the play-by-play, right? So I can get a good understanding of of the of uh, looking at all of it. And I was already, I was ready to record. I was already very frustrated with that last drive. I One thing I did not notice in real time, and even when I was doing the rewatch, I didn't notice this either. The drive before we had to settle for a field goal, it did not occur to me until I just spit out right now that it, that was another drive where we ran the ball all the way up until it was time to score, and we had three straight incompletes to the field goal. And I didn't even notice it in real time. I don't know if you noticed it yourself. So in back-to-back drives, we ran the ball until it was time to score a touchdown and then threw it away. Threw it completely away. This is offensive play-calling malpractice. It's a malpractice, Jeremy. They, they, I, I, I'm, I'm beside myself seeing these two these two drives. Absolutely beside. Todd Brooks is the best player on the team. Flat out the best. I, I actually, I uh, in, the, in our group chat, I mentioned it, I think it was last week, that I said, hey, I, I have a semi-hot take. Is it a hot take if I was to say Todd Brooks is the best player on the team? Because, I, you know, I, I believe that. I think a lot of people might say that it's, you know, whether it's Monroe Mills or... Uh, uh, Duran Bradley was, I think, a, a very popular choice for best player on the team in the preseason. He was a, a preseason Big 12, all, all Big 12 selection. But I, I mentioned in the group chat, I, I think Todd Brooks is the best offensive player. Watching this game, it's it's 
there's no question anymore or doubt of who the best player offense player is, right? First two games of the season, both losses, we decided we didn't even want Todd Brooks to touch the ball. Third game, he has a great game. I mean, I get it, it's Tarleton State, but he has an incredible game. This game, this game, he has a great game when he's given the opportunity. Todd Brooks touched the ball two times in the first half, twice, one, two. That was it. Right? In the second half, he touched the ball 23 times for a tune of over 130 yards. The, the, the dude is incredible. Yeah. He before changes we, the game. Before we hired Zach Kelly, and one, our only fear, you, me, and, and Dylan, who was doing the pod with us at the time, too, had the same fear with, with, with Zach Kitley of, hey, hey, at Western Kentucky and at Houston Baptist, he didn't run the ball a lot. At Texas Tech, we have good running backs. We have Sir Roderick Thompson at the time. We have Todd Brooks. We have good running backs. Will he run it? Last year, he ran the ball a decent at a decent clip. So we said, okay, well, and he, they even talked to him. They asked him about it. He said, well, you know, we got good running backs here. I don't, I, I play with the personnel that I have. He lied to us is how I look at it. I look at that as a lie because you still have Todd Brooks. You still have Todd Brooks. You have Cameron Valdez, who's a speedy guy, very speedy guy, right? Uh, we got to see Bryson Donnell today or uh, on Saturday's game. That was good. But we, you have... A guy you even used Nehemiah Martinez a couple times in the game against Tarleton State. So you have some decent dudes, but at the very least you have Todd Brooks. Who Todd Brooks is like sometimes I see him run and I'm like, man, could you be an NFL runner? I never I haven't really thought about that until like I watched this game and I'm like, you're a difference maker. So these coaches see these guys every day in practice, and it's like, no, I'm smarter than this. I see Todd Brooks, but I'm I'm smarter than everybody else here. Right? Because that's when I see those two drives. And you just completely revert away from what was working. It's it's almost like you're saying no 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 no. I get I saw what was working, but I'm smarter than all everybody else here. I'm smarter than everybody else. I will take the guy that has that is 13 for 30. That went 13 for 37 on the day. 13 for 37 on the day. And I'm not blaming Baron Morton because I still think he's a very talented guy. We saw it with Tyler Shuck. Now we're seeing with Morton. I do think now the blame is going away from Tyler Shuck. I'll say that much. I don't think blame's really going on Baron Morton, but I think the blame's going away from Tyler Shuck as far as the first two games. Because you're, you're seeing where a scheme for three drives worked perfectly, but for the last two, when it was time to score touchdowns, completely went away. When it was time to win or tie the game, they said, you know what? I'm smarter than everybody else here. Four incompletions in a row. With two timeouts, Jeremy. Yeah. Two timeouts. You can't even use that as an excuse. That, oh, we didn't want to run the ball in the waste clock. Get two timeouts. Once again, awful game management. Awful offensive play calling. I'm... We've had two really bad losses this year. And we're just adding on to it. Like, how bad... In how many ways can we just put a knife in the fans? No Cody Campbell message this game. No, there wasn't. Notice that. No, no Cody, no Cody Campbell message this game. No, because it was ugly. Because everybody, everybody in America that was wearing a Texas Tech shirt watching the game was screaming at their TV to run the ball on that last drive. Please, God, just if, if I don't understand the ego of, and you're totally right of like. I know what's going to work. I'm going to, it's madness. It's the literal, it's like that definition of insanity. He was like, I'm going to force Baron Morton to make these throws. Whenever the West Virginia defense is like, I don't really have to worry about the run because 
they're kind of going away from it. Um, and now <laughs> when you get into a position where you're third and 11, it's like, okay, or fourth and 11, obviously the last play of the, the last play of the game, it's like, well, well, that has to be a pass. They're not going to, that's going to be a pass. And you know, uh, I'm not going to put it on, was it Jalen Polk who hit the top of his hands? I'm not going to put it on, yeah. uh, you know, you could have made that, you could have made, <laughs> made that catch. You should have made that catch. Should have made that catch. Should have made that Um, but like I don't, I don't, I, I just, I hate that it came down to that. I feel like you should have won so yeah. much more handily. Like it shouldn't have been. Well, now it's your effing fault, Jalen Paul. This whole game was your. It's like no, the problem was is that we never ran the ball. We, we yeah. should have been running the ball. And I don't understand how you can pay a man as much as you pay Zach Kitley and keep the Ferrari. This guy keeps the Ferrari in the garage and he wants to take out the station wagon. Why? Please adjust your play calling. Please be a Division One offensive coordinator. Like, what's it gonna take? I don't, I don't know. Because you play Houston, we're playing Houston next, who's not like a great team, but we may keep them in it. West Virginia we wasn't a great team. <laughs> That's, the That's thing. what I'm saying. We're not. We even, keep like, doing this. Like, we're not. It's not like we we just lost to right now. But the best team in the Big Twelve, in my opinion, right now is Texas. They they look every bit. I mean, you know, t- t- look, I wonder how it feels, Texas Longhorn fans, to have a team that was hyped up at the beginning of the preseason that actually, for the first time in over a decade, is living up to expectations. The Texas Longhorns look good. They look good. I, I can't I can't front. I can't lie to y'all. They look really good. They beat the hell out of Baylor uh, on Saturday. And Texas Tech and Baylor right now having a mid-off where they, <laughs> where they both look equally terrible. As bad as Texas Tech looks, Baylor looks worse. So I guess there's that. Or, just, or at least just as bad. So I guess there's that, but um, you know it's it, it's I'm just I'm beside myself right now because I, I I watch this game and I'm I'm seeing especially in the second half and I'm like this is I'm seeing a team in Texas Tech that's just better than West Virginia. They're just better. Neil Brown, the interview Neil Brown is like, yeah, man, this is the last team in the Big Twelve. I haven't been able to beat them. I used to work there. And I can't beat them, but you know. I can beat him now. Matt Wells like, hey, I never had this problem. I can't I, I can't give you advice on how to handle a loss against the West Virginia Mountaineers. I never had this problem. Henry Columbia, he's like, I never had this problem. I don't I don't know what this is. I can't sorry, Tyler or sorry, uh, Baron. I don't have any advice for you. I never had this problem. Right? Because this is I, I look at this and, and I, I do want to give credit where credit is due. Nico Markill, first game, first start, impressive. Very impressive, right? Uh use his legs. Which surprisingly, Baron Morton didn't. I found that very surprising that Baron Morton wasn't the guy. Baron Morton's a much better athlete than Nico Markiel is. You know, if it was Garrett Green, I would understand. Garrett Green, who's a better athlete on the West Virginia side as well. But Nico Markiel is just not that great of an athlete. Uh, Can I say something to that point? Yeah. I'm not surprised. I, and this goes back to Kitley, I am of the utter convinced. I, I'm completely convinced that Kitley is the root of Shuck's injury. Wow. You cannot that's, run your That's you, a pretty damning You cannot run your quarterback as much as you ran Shuck and not expect something to come off, you know, not expect something to fall apart. And with the way that our offensive line wasn't being able to pick up um people on West Virginia's defensive line, it was a tough out and yet you kept pushing them out there, you kept pushing them out there, you kept forcing them to do things. The play calling over the past four, I mean, the past four games now has been pretty abusive to any player going to be in a quarterback position, right? So I think that just well, see, one I guess thing my after question, another. My question becomes is why, why run Shuck and not Morton? Morton's the better athlete. Like, that's the thing. 
If you've watched Baron Morton play, you've watched Tyler Shuck play, you've watched Nico Markio play, like, Morton is the actually better athlete. Instead, you had Shuck running out, right? Shuck had, you know, Shuck had his, his carries, um, and, and we had as many design runs for Morton. Now, I'm not saying not any. He had a couple, but nowhere near as many design Morton runs for Morton, the, the quote-unquote dual-threat athlete, than you had for, for Tyler Shuck. Um, and it just I, I'm completely mind-boggling how inept this offense was. And I think this offense was, and I know we're, we're really piling on Kitley right now. We had drops in the or from the receivers as well, right? So drops from the receivers. Uh, O-line wasn't great. Even though I will say the O-line wasn't great, they weren't as bad. Like, I would say the O-line as a unit probably played the best out of all the groups. Uh, uh, not not talking about Brooks. Like, the O-line was fine. Right, like I'm not saying they weren't they weren't great. Obviously, they had their they had their misses too, but the O line played well enough to win. Right, it was inaccurate throws from Morton. Uh, it was just drops from the receivers um, and horrendous, horrendous play calling, horrendous scheme. Just uh, my, I, I I'm I don't know what to say about this offense. Mm-mm. Yeah, there's not much left. Yeah, uh, defensively. Really good game. I mean, so my pre- my pick was Tech would win 31 to 20. You tell me West Virginia puts up 20 points. That's what I predicted to happen. That's a W. That should be a W. You don't have to give me the context of anything else. You just tell me West Virginia scored 20 points. I'm saying, good job, Tech. We win the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got three or two takeaways. Nearly three. Should have been three. I mean, Miles Price, or no, excuse me, not Miles Price. What am I thinking? Um, Malik Dunlap, interception. Ben Roberts interception and then the possible interception um, or the possible fumble recovery that probably should have been a fumble recovery off the kickoff. Um, great. I mean, great defensive effort all across the board. And I, I mentioned it during the game. This was hella impressive. When you take into consideration, they've been out there 80% of the game. Yeah. They have been running their butts off doing what they can to keep this game in hand. And, you know, outside of the one drive, which I can't blame them because they dog tired. Yeah. They even came up after that, and they got stops after that. Yeah, no, like, ah. the defense played great. Special teams played great. Great, good punts from McNamara. He was out there all the no, whole dang game. So he had, he had, he was, he was uh, well, uh, six of them, yeah, in shape, right? He was warm, right? Nice punts. Gino Garcia, like everybody was, like the offense was so terrible while everybody else played well, right? When I was, Jimmy, when I was in high school, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up my uh, athletic pedigree a little bit. When I was in high school, our defense. Our defense was really good. We were one of the better defenses in the Houston area statistically. We had a game where we held the opposing offense to 54 yards of total offense. Jeremy, we lost that game 21 to 11. We we scored. We mind you, our defense scored two safeties in that game, <laughs> and we lost the game 21 to 11. Let me tell you, when your offense is as bad as our offense was. You, you tend to be a little, you tend to have a little bit of animosity towards that unit. You tend to start looking at that unit like, mm, y'all, y'all, man, if it wasn't for y'all. And I'm sure, and, and mind you, during the Mahomes days, I'm sure it was the other way around, where Mahomes and the offense was looking at defense like, mm, one for y'all. But when your defense scores, or your defense was, you know, when your offense was as inept as Texas Tech's offense was, as, uh, the the late two thousands Clear Creek High School <laughs> offense was, you, you you start to look on the other side like, man, we just who what could have been, and if you're I mean this defense has played really well, really well, 
Even the linebacker group, which was, was, was our quote-unquote weak part that we were looking at, has played really well. The freshman linebacker stepped up. We talked about Ben Roberts having the Ben Roberts not only had that interception, he had 11 tackles on the game. 11 tackles with the interception. He's my player of the game. Like, he was incredible. Absolutely incredible. All right, Ty Canna got his way in. I was talking about him in the pre-pod. Josiah Pierre, of course. He's he's the next up as far as that dog LB. Right? I kind of I joked about CJ Baskerville because he gave up that touchdown. But CJ Baskerville, um CJ Baskerville also had a really good game from that from that uh, Raiders position. Right? The Rabbit had a really good game. And he's getting noticed. Like this defense is balling. But then you look at the offense and you're just like, what the hell? What the hell, right? But you know what? They're probably never saying what the hell when they're getting their stuff from Charlie Hustle, right? Charlie Hustle, our friends that are have vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City, but they specialize not just in Kansas City apparel, and Texas Tech collegiate apparel as well. They want you to be the best-dressed fan this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today. Show off that Texas Tech spirit all season long. They will have you covered with all of your Texas Tech needs. So shop today at charliehustle.com and use our promo code 101215. That's TN1215. Good for 15% off of all non-sale items. Again, that is 101215. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. So Jeremy, you know, one and three on the season. Um just really bad, and and like I said, Baron Morton is the, he's gonna, the guy going forward. We have Houston next week. Where do we go from here? Well, you open up as like a nine and a half point favorite against Houston right now. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's it's something. Um, yeah, Houston, Houston, Houston's bad. To be fair, it was Houston's West Virginia, bad. so I don't. <laughs> That's true. I will say, well, before you say where we go from here, I do have, I do have one thing to say, right? Uh, real quick. So Texas Tech is going to be at home against Houston. I think that's a big reason why we're a nine point favorite. Jordan McGuire, who we all love, loved, loved, because I think the honeymoon phase, we talked about the honeymoon phase being over after Wyoming. It's damn sure over now. Yeah, uh, he buried it. Um, so, he's only won one road game since being the head coach here at Texas Tech. One. He won that one last year against Iowa State in an abysmal game. Iowa State was the worst team in the conference last year. Uh, rainy, nasty, and Tyler Shuck pulled it through at the very end. We won that game. It's the only road game we've won all year uh, since he's been the head coach. Now, coming into this season, you assumed we'd have two easy road games to, to kind of kill that narrative. Instead, we've lost to Wyoming and now lost to West Virginia. Uh, what do you think about the fact that we're so bad on the road versus home. I mean, even the Oregon game, Oregon's been the best team we played this year, a team that just beat the hell out of, out of prime in Colorado. Uh, and we were up double, uh, two possessions in the fourth quarter, right? So, like, what is what is going on here where we're decent at home but so abysmal on the road? I couldn't tell you, man. I, I couldn't tell you. It, I think it just comes down to play calling because there's, there's so many sequences where you feel like, Texas Tech might actually have this in hand, but then we take it out of our own hands. It's like some kind of masochistic game that we're all having to watch. Uh, so I think it really just comes down to play calling, and I think it comes down to Coach McGuire's um, in-game decision-making. You know, I think one of the things that I'm still wondering about was allowing the clock to run down as far as you let it run down on that last possession, you know, getting under the one-minute mark. And I'm like, I don't understand why you did that with three timeouts left. Why not call a timeout? Or if you're really like bent about it, like why not just hurry up and run a play? I don't know what was going on. And it really just ended up 
shooting us in the foot at the very end. And I'm just that and a couple of other, you know, things throughout this season and last season, you kind of go, yeah, I really don't know why you did that. I don't I don't know why you chose, you know, to do that instead of what felt more obvious. And, you know, so I think that Coach McGuire is doing something that we really can't fault him for, um, but is really painful to have to do is just growing as a Division One coach. Um, growing wow. as a college football uh, head coach who hasn't ever head coached in a college football game is a little bit different, right? So, so you know, so you think it's not just it's not just uh, Kelly that kind of has some growing pains, but also McGuire. I think, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, the only the most experienced coach on that team is DeRuiter, and he's proven to be he's killing resilient. It. He's yeah, killing it. He's, killing he's doing it. his job. And so, what I need is for I need Coach McGuire to pull the reins on. Kidley, I need somebody to tell Kidley, like, look, man, running works. You have to run. Like, there's got, there can't be this, hey, you know, good job. We tried. You know, let's just look at the tape. It's like, no, we know. We know what kept us from winning that West Virginia game. Like, we know what that was. And so I need Kitley to be pulled in a little bit, and I need Coach McGuire just to learn from his mistakes and not do them again, right? So I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. It's that, that, road, that road stat is the hardest stat because – we have lofty goals, but if we can't get it done on the road, it's just never going to happen. So I got a, I got a stat for you here, Jeremy. So last year at home, we scored over 30 points five times, right? Murray State, Houston, uh, Texas, West Virginia, Kansas, and Oklahoma all scored over 30 points. On the road, we scored over 30 points once. We scored 31 to Oklahoma State in a loss. Um so, and then, of course, we had the Ole Miss game, which was a neutral site. But this year, scoring over 30 points uh, at home, we've done it both times. We scored 30 against Oregon. We scored 30, 41 against Tarleton State. Um, on the road, we did score over 30 against Wyoming, but it was double overtime. We would not have got that mark without the overtime sessions. Uh, and then you have the West Virginia game when we scored 13. They always say defense travels. You know why they say defense travels? Because offense doesn't. I mean, that's to your point. You talked about play calling. Offense is harder. It's harder for offense to get up on the road. That's usually why upsets happen. That's why it's because offenses. It's harder to get clicking. You're in an unfamiliar environment. You're in an unfamiliar territory. For whatever reason, we are not getting that familiarity back up when we're on the road. One of the reasons why I think we are favorites home against Houston is because we're home. We're back in. We're back at the crib. We're back in a, a, a Jones AT and T. And so that that continuity will be there. And I, I, you know, we'll see what happens when we have the Houston preview pod of whether, whether we're still sticking with our predictions, which I feel like I feel like none of us should ever predict Tech to win again. But um, <laughs> uh, that's I think that's a big piece of it, right? And so there's that. And then I asked you this before, but where do we go from here? Uh, at this point, you're just scrapping for bowl eligibility. the The schedule just gets harder. Yeah, it just gets harder. So you get to that's, get to six at the beginning of the season. We were fighting for the. We were thinking about a potential Big Twelve championship. Now we are saying at one and three, will we even make a bowl? We just lost to a team that was predicted to come fourteenth out of fourteen. Now we're looking at will we make a bowl? Our next two games are against Houston and Baylor, two bad teams. Houston's bad. Baylor is bad. And I can't say with full confidence we're going to beat either one of them. That's where we are. That's yeah. That's where we are. That, that's that's that is where we are. So um, yeah, it's 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 rough. 
it's rough out here, man. So let's let's last thing I I want to ask you is Barry Morton's the quarterback. Um, he will be starting against Houston, no doubt about that. We don't know how long Tyler Sash can be out. We don't. He might even be out for the year. That looked like a pretty cart was out. It looked like a pretty bad injury. Uh, Barry Morton's gonna be the starter against Houston. Well, what do you think about his prospects going forward? I'm interested to see how it goes with him getting full time with the ones during practice this week and Kitley game planning around specifically Morton. Um, you know, I think it's an interesting West Virginia was an interesting game for him to kind of jump in with the way that Shuck went out, you know, um, and for it not to go well. So it's a good opportunity for him to say, you know what, a game was just a one off for me. Like, that's not who I am. I'm going to come home and I'm going to get I'm going to get my mind right and I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this um, dialed in. Because we saw some great flashes, like some great passes from him, um, good decision-making. Uh, even in the bad decision-making, he had some good times where he'd made good decisions. So, you know, let's just see him after a week of practice in his own space at home. Um, and I don't know. We'll see where we go from there. So Big 12 after dark, they made a um, an, uh, another 10-12 compatriot. They made a tweet. It was a little mistyped. They said, uh, congrats on Houston's first Big 12 win. And uh, – it might have been them just predicting next week in <laughs> the Jones. Might have been them saying like, "Yeah, we yeah, we've seen Texas Tech. We yeah, we've seen enough. <laughs> we've we've seen enough, right?" Donovan Smith back. Donovan Smith's back. He's gonna be back at the crib. He's gonna be very familiar with that area. Um, so it's uh, yeah. I this is we're down bad right now, man. We are down bad. Um, not not much really can be said about this team. This team's effort. Uh, you know, this is just all around, all around bad. I was, I felt like the Wolverine meme looking back at Sonny Cumbie. <laughs> I was looking at a picture of Sonny Cumbie. Like, oh man, I wonder how he's doing at Louisiana Tech. I hope he's having a good time. <laughs> I hope he's, I hope he's fun. You know, it's just, oh man, what a, what a very bad, horrible, terrible, no good loss. In Morgantown, West Virginia. Our next road game will be at Baylor, and those fans are, are fed up as well. So that's it's, <laughs> it's going to be like 10 people in the crowd. The true butt bowl. Yeah. No, seriously. Truly, truly the true butt bowl. Um, that'll be on ESPN 8 The Ocho uh, <laughs> because nobody's going to want to watch that game. Um, absolutely. I don't think anybody want to watch this game. Tech versus Houston. That game is the that, uh, that game's the uh ball. U H uh. Game's the uh ball. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, uh, Jeremy, anything else you want to say to the people? Nope. On to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a preview pod coming out. Uh, Jeremy's gonna get the opportunity to talk about his his favorite college football player, Donovan Smith. Um, he's gonna be very excited about that. Uh, we'll see. We, we may have some guests on the next one where they can tell us just how bad they think Texas Tech is. So that'll be fun. Um, so for the people's champ, that is Jeremy Gillen. This is Albie Shore, and you have been listening to the Tortillas and Text podcast, part of the Ten Twelve Network. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.